Good morning, Resurrection OC. Oh, my name is Trevor Allen. I am the uh, church planting apprentice here at Resurrection OC. It is good to be back worshiping with everybody this morning once again. We get to open up the Word of God, the very life that the Spirit gave to us has been recorded for us, and we get to now understand it more deeply and truly as children of God. As you've been with us the past couple weeks, if you have been, Pastor Bryce has been preaching through uh, a sermon series called, the title is Called Out, Walking Together as the Church. And we are going to stay in the same vein of this series today as well. So uh, to help jog your memory, the first week Bryce preached, he told us, that we as the church, specifically Resurrection Orange County, we are a group of people who put on blast, who tell everybody that we love Jesus and that Jesus loves us. We confess the Son of God as a church. The second week we heard that we as a church, we love the Bible. We love the very Word of God and we confess it to be the very Word of God. We know that this is the Word of God. We know that this is true because our affections are changed and we are sculpted to reflect the glory of God in Christ given to us through his word. Last week, we heard Bryce preach on, for Resurrections OC that we, we confess that we are a spirit-filled church. We are a church that believes and we know that the spirit of God has granted us life. That apart from the Holy Spirit, we would have nothing, that we would be left in our graves forevermore, but it is through the grace of God and His Spirit that the life of Christ is applied to us. And that is an amazing thing. And so this week, we're going to stay on track and we're going to confess this week that we are the Spirit-united church, that we are a church that is united by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'll put it this way to you, that if we are a church that confesses the Son, if we're a church that affirms and believes and loves the Word of God, if we're a church that, that we affirm that we've been given eternal life, then we are a church that has been united to one another by the power of the Holy Spirit. We become a family. And as a family, we are bound together. The, the Word of God says that we're not just in, in contract with each other, but rather that we are bound together with one another as a family, thicker than blood. We are the church of God that has been given life, and we are bound together. But kind of the, the question is, do you actually believe that? You know, do you intellectually assent to that, but then your heart does not resonate with it? Do you, do you leave that at the door? You know, in our society, we treat church sometimes like it's an apartment complex. And, and the way that the reason that I say that is, let, let me explain. My family and I, we live in an apartment complex. We live on the third story. Uh, we are surrounded by hundreds of people. Uh, we're over there on the uh, Los Flores apartment buildings. Hundreds of people live in there. You know, we we pass each other every single day. We you know exchange pleasantries in the courtyard. Uh, you know, sometimes our kids will even you know mess around with each other. Uh, you know, and, and we go to the same grocery store to buy the same food. Uh, all these things, we, we share very similar addresses even. We have all these things in common. Uh, we even share the same parking lot, you know, but 
But truly, do these people know me, and do I truly know them? We're, we're essentially functional strangers in this apartment complex. We share so many things, but we don't share each other. Let's say, for example, someone moves out of that apartment complex, or, or there's a tragedy three doors down, or there's a victory that somebody wants to share because they beat some addiction or whatever, I would be the last person in that complex to find out about it because we are not bound together. We live in apartment living. Does the church sometimes feel that way to you? Do you forget sometimes what it means to be united as a church? To be bound together in love toward each other and bound together in love toward God? Do we exchange pleasantries in the parking lot on Sunday morning? Do we grab our coffee and say, hey, how's it going? Fine, thanks. We just sit there and lie to each other about how great our week was and we move on? Do we come grocery shopping for spiritual food at the same place every Sunday, but then we never share any meals together with each other during the week? Friends, I need to be reminded today, you need to be reminded today that we are the church that we, Resurrection Orange County, as the body of Christ in this area, we are bound together in a special way. We are uniquely united to one another. This morning, our uh, big idea, each, each time I preach, I have a big idea. So our main thrust, our big idea, the, the thing I want you to take away, if I woke you up at 2 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday and said, hey, what, did, what was the sermon about on Sunday? This is what I want you to take with you. We are bound in love because the God of love binds us to himself. That's your big idea this week. That is what we're going to be focusing on today as the Spirit United Church. That we are bound in love because the Spirit of God, or I'm sorry, because the God of love binds us to himself. Now, I'll repeat that a couple more times throughout, but that's our big idea. Uh, so to get more of this big idea, to see that I'm not just making this up, that it actually comes from the Word of God that we confess, would you turn your Bibles with me to uh, Colossians chapter 3? And we'll read verses 12 through 17. Colossians 3, verses 12 through 17. And uh, once you turn there, would you stand with me? And as you stand... Would you orient your ears to hear and ask the Lord for your heart to have understanding as we hear the word of God read from his very mouth this morning. It says from his word, Colossians 3, 12-17, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you so you also must forgive and above all these put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, 
giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Would you pray with me? Lord God, You have bound us together. And not only have You bound us together, Lord, You've bound us to Yourself, and that is the true binding of love, that it was Your Son who lived the perfect life and died the death that we deserved, and then ruled and reigned and ascended and resurrected, Lord, that we can now have life and communion with you forever. Lord, I pray that you strengthen us as a church. Bring us together. Bind us as one body, that we would be strengthened and that we would be able to go out and live this great commission that you've called us to as the kingdom of God would grow and we would bind more to ourselves. We pray these things, Jesus, because your name is to be honored above all names in all of creation. We pray now that your name would be glorified. Amen. Please have a seat. All right, to uh, better understand a little bit what it means to be a spirit-united church using this passage, we're going to nerd out for a second on structure. So the first, and this will be real quick, so if, if you just heard structure and you phased out, like, come back for a second. Um, verses 12 and 13, they tell us something. They tell us who we are, and they tell us how we are to act toward each other. Verses 15 and 17 say what we are to do, and ultimately everything we do is to glorify God in everything that we do. You can picture it like this. Pretend this is an arrowhead, and these two, 12 and 13 and 15 through 17, are the sharp edges of the blade that go down the side of an arrowhead. If you look at me at verse 14, we see that this is the tip of the arrowhead. I believe that this is Paul's main point right here in verse 14. It says this, and above all, put the, or I'm sorry, and above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. In your leg, you have a major bone called the femur. You know, it's I'm not a doctor, so I would call it the thigh bone, right? And the, your thigh bone is basically this massive bone in your leg. And then there's the tibia, which Eric knows all about, I'm sure, as well. Um, the tibia is your, basically your big shin bone. So you have these two major bones in your leg, and, and they work together. They function in this proper design to make a human walk, to make us stand or sit or bend over or whatever. Our bones work in unison to perpetuate us as a body. Now, to be bound, and these, these two bones are bound together, they do not work independently of each other. They are interdependent on each other, and they are bound together. And there's a difference between binding and fusing. If they were fused together, they wouldn't function in the way that they're supposed to. The bones would not function. It would be this giant you know, peg leg that is stuck to the bottom of your torso, and you wouldn't have the same mobility. But, if they're, but they're bound together using ligaments and using cartilage, and as they work interdependently on each other, you have a working functional leg that is able to perpetuate a body. Verse 14, above all these, put on love. Now, if you notice, there's kind of this weird bone interlude I had in our reading of scripture there, but why would that matter? Why would these ligaments matter? Why would the leg matter? Why would Paul tell us above all else to put on love? 
to answer the question, he says this, that, that love binds everything together in perfect harmony. Love is the ligament that binds us together as a body. Love is the ligament that binds us to the Lord, and this perpetuates the church. These two, we cannot work inter or we cannot work independently of each other as a body. It is out of our identity in Christ that flows what we do as a family. And this is the very work of the Spirit. Bryce said last week that it is the, it is the Spirit of God who gives us life. And it is this week that we talk about it's the same Spirit that binds us together. That you can't be bound together if we're a bunch of dead bodies. And if we're given life, we belong with each other in the same Spirit of God. And as we are bound together, we live in this world on a perpetual mission that God has called us to. The name of the preaching series is called out, Walking Together as the Church. Now, imagine this. We've been called to be something, and we've been called to go do something. We've been called to a mission as the church. And this is a picture of these two bones coming together. This is who we are in Christ, and this is who we are with each other as we live out this mission of God. Family, if we fool ourselves even for a minute and think that we can function as Lone Ranger Christians apart from one another, we will be like a leg with no ligaments, a leg with no cartilage, where the meniscus is gone and destroyed. We will not be able to function as the church if we are functioning independently. Not only that, but our lives will be filled with pain and frustration as a lone ranger Christian. We'll be filled with lack of trust and inward conceit because we have nobody else to help us, and to and no other bones that we're working with. We are flying solo. We are, we are a leg without a body. And that is not what the church is. We are bound together. And this is the good and precious news of the gospel, that we are actually bound together, that we are united in love, that through the ministry of the Spirit, we can function together and walk in harmony as children of God. Going back to that apartment analogy, it is this binding of the Spirit and love that we can function together as a family and not merely meet here on Sunday mornings as people that just live in the same apartment complex. Paul says, above all, put on love. I'd ask you to remember our big idea this week, church. Remember Put this in your minds. Remember this as not only as an individual Christian, but as somebody that is part of a body. That we are bound together in love because the God of love binds us to himself. And as the Spirit graciously binds us to himself and us to each other, I, I think some, some questions will naturally arise in, in understanding this. Like, what does it functionally and practically look like to be bound together to each other in love? How do I grow in being bound in love to somebody else in the church? What in the world is this going to look like? If you tell me that I am bound to somebody else, what does that practically, concretely, on the ground look like Monday morning? 
Paul gives us an amazing picture of how the church ought to function as we are bound together in love. If you look with me at verses 12 and 13, it says this, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. To start out, to answer our practical questions, Paul starts with identity before he starts saying, do this, do this, and do this. He wrote this, this book to the church at Colossae, this, this spirit-united church, as the book of Colossians is written for them. And he says this of them, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. And now, Resurrection OC, I am saying this to you this morning, that this is your identity, that you, Resurrection OC, are God's chosen ones, that you are holy and that you are saved and that you are set apart for the beautiful and fantastic work of redemption in this world. God sees you right now. He knows right now where you are in your life. He knows your struggles. He knows your pains. He knows your brokenness. He sees where you lack and He sees where you excel. And you know what, church? God calls us His beloved. God looks at us through His Son and He calls us His beloved. So if our Father, our Heavenly Father, is talking about us like that to the rest of the world, if He speaks about His kids like that to all of creation, then we can rest in the fact that we can have proper confidence that this is true, that we are children of God that we are united together to God by the Spirit of God, and that we are bound together as a family. And when you were a child, what were some of the key attributes of your family? Thinking about it for a second. What were some of the key attributes of your family growing up as a child? What were things that were emphasized to you when you were young? And even now, if you, you have kids, you don't have kids, your kids are grown up and gone, what is it in your house that you emphasize. It's not like you, you know, you have this this plaque that you, you know, smack before you walk out the door each morning, you recite this little motto, but there is something in your family that you want to perpetuate. There is there is something what would others say about your family? What are what would characterize your family if a stranger or if uh, one of your friends was asked? In verse 12, Paul shows the character of our family. He tells us who we are. We are beloved in Christ. We are holy. And then he tells us that, this, that we are bound in the Spirit. And as the Spirit-united church, we reflect the head of the family, Jesus Christ himself. And in that, we have compassionate hearts toward each other because the Lord has had compassion on us. The head of the household has had compassion on us. We are kind toward others because it was through God's kindness that we were saved. These are our family attributes. We are gentle and we are not disorderly in our meekness because it was the meekness of Christ that the Spirit uses to draw us to Him. This is a family that is united and bound together in love, church. We are bound in love 
because the because the God of love binds us to himself. We are bound in love because the God of love binds us to himself. But you know what? Like every family, there are times when not everyone is acting humbly or meek or compassionate or kind toward each other. There are some times when wrongs happen in a family. Is that not so? Is I'm sure I'm not the only one. There are times when it is my fault that I have wronged somebody or somebody has wronged me. And a lot of times it's a mutual wronging that is taking place. So rest in this church and remember that you are bound together and that we are bound to the God in love even when wrongs occur. Paul anticipates this struggle in the family of God and he says that he gives us, or Paul gives us simple steps here through the Spirit to maintain our unity even when wrongs happen. Verse 13 says, Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. If we are bound to each other as a Spirit-united church, that means that we will not just be bound together in this life, that we won't just be bound together in this season, but that we are actually bound together as a body for all of eternity. All of eternity, we are bound together. And then Paul calls us here to bear with one another. A German theologian that loves to write dictionaries, his name is Gerhard Kittel, he says of the word bearing, he says this, and specifically this word in the book of Colossians, he says that it is an admonition to the community to apply to one another the love or the election which is theirs in Christ. Friends, this is not just a, a passive act of just bearing with it, of grinning and bearing it, but rather it's this intentional decision that we make that says, if I have the storehouses of love, of heaven applied to my account, then surely I can be generous in love and give what I have been bestowed to others freely. Paul then also says in the same verse that if you have a complaint, or you were dissatisfied, or your expectations were not met, it is up to you as the one who has the complaint to go to your brother or your sister and tell them. Then, then to forgive the one who you have the complaint against. This brings unity to the body as the Spirit grants, us to, or grants it to us that we are ably to openly communicate, that we can be vulnerable with one another, where we can say, this is where I have been offended. This is where you have offended me. And also, family, that this one, the one that has caused the offense, that they don't have to sit on the outskirts of the spirit-bound family and think, I won't be accepted back. The one that has been united to the spirit can go and openly say, this is my complaint. And the one who has sinned against the other one can come to the family and know that forgiveness and not condemnation are waiting for them. It can be a tattoo-worthy thing, actually, in my mind, that we can remember this as a church, that we are bound in love because the God of love 
binds us to himself. And just to make this crystal clear, there are sometimes that wrongs take place in the church that go beyond simple disagreements. There are wrongs that happen in a church where you know your idiosyncratic irritations are that's the least of your worries. Sometimes there are serious wrongs that can take place in a body. Sometimes there are serious wrongs that can take place in a spirit-united church where there is a life-altering or heavy action, something that has truly, truly been wronged, that you have wronged somebody or somebody has wronged you. Or sometimes somebody outside of the church has inflicted wrong to us, or we as the body have inflicted wrong to somebody outside of the family. I'm here to tell you, church, that it is not okay for this wrong to take place. You do not need to bury this serious wrong. If it goes beyond somebody made the coffee too watery, you know, go tell the person. But for a serious wrong, we are a spirit-united church, and we are able to function and to care for each other. And if a wrong has seriously happened to you, go to an elder, go to a pastor, go to a trusted Christian friend and tell them because sometimes the burden can be so heavy to bear that a wrong has happened to you that shame will fill the place of this wrong that has taken place. And that's not what we want. We want to be a spirit-united body that can bear with one another. And on the flip side of that, if you are somebody that has wronged someone else, my prayer is that the spirit would convict your heart. And that you would go to the person, and if it is one of those serious wrongs where something seriously bad has happened, let us bear that burden with you. Unite to the body. Do not be a Lone Ranger Christian, even in the wrong. Come tell somebody. Let us walk with you in repentance. Let us walk with you in what reconciliation and harmony looks like. Church, it's, it's my prayer that, that we would believe the truth of the gospel every single day, every five minutes, every 30 seconds if we have to, that we would believe the truth of the gospel. My prayer for us is that we would walk in vulnerability and supernatural honesty with each other as a church, and that we would continue to grow in the grace of God and the beauty of His Son, Jesus, that we would look more beautiful, that we, the gospel, vulnerability, and beauty would be the things that bind us together as this church here at Resurrection OC and Ladera Ranch and RMV and RSM and all the other missions and things. This is us as a body, church. We are a family. We are not an apartment building. To, to put it way more eloquently, I... Uh, there's a book called The Church, written by a man named Edmund Clowney, and he writes this about our family. He says that since salvation is only in Christ, there is a sense in which there is no salvation outside the church of Christ. For those whom the Spirit unites to Christ, He unites to all others who are in Christ. When He makes God our Father, He makes us brothers and sisters in the family of God. All who know God's salvation know it as members of the body of Christ. 
Since the Spirit dwells in the church and fills the church with gifts for witness, nurture, and worship, the church may well be called the mother of the faithful. Now, if you want that quote as something to dwell on, I can email it to you, but that is beautiful, is it not? That we are bound together. That this is where we come for nurture as the body of Christ. We are bound in love because the God of love binds us to Himself. So this morning we've, we've heard a few things. That we are not an apartment complex living in proximity to each other merely, but rather we are a family. We've heard that we are united in Christ and in love we are united to each other as well. We've heard that we have family attributes that reflect the head of the household, the Lord Jesus himself. And we've also heard that sometimes there are wrongs that take place in a spirit-united church. There, there are ways that we can become united to each other once again. That these wrongs are not uh, these, these uh, wedges that get driven in between us and split us apart, but rather we are bound together in love and the Holy Spirit makes these things so for us. And so to bring this message to a close, the Spirit United Church, I, as the Spirit United Church, I want us to focus on these last three verses. So if you look with me in your Bibles, verses 15 through 17 say this, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ Dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Friends, this, this Spirit-united family of God is what we are. And in the new heavens, and in the new earth, it is all we will know to be perfectly bound to each other for all eternity. We will be bound to each other as we are bound to God in love. So a very practical takeaway this morning is this. Paul says it right here for us. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called one body, and be thankful. Now this... This word let ought to not be something that, that we merely allow. Like, you know, the, the Holy Spirit's knocking at the door and they're like, hey, I'd really love it if you would just, you know, let me come in and let the, you know, the peace of God dwell in your hearts richly. Rather, if, if you put it this way, it's, it's, uh, it's like a conquering army that is rolling into a little village. And it is this, and as you're sitting there, the Holy Spirit is, is conquering the kingdom of darkness through His church as the gospel is going out. And so if you see this conquering army rolling through this little village, and you run inside and go grab your you know, Red Rider BB gun, and you start blasting against all of these tanks, it's not going to be good for you at all. It won't be. So this let is saying, don't rebel against what the Holy Spirit is doing, but rather be united to God in Christ and be united to each other. Let this peace of Christ rule in your hearts richly. It is this same Spirit, this conquering general that unites all of us together. 
And in verse 16, we see that we have the very life-giving, faith-building, intimate, affectionate words of Christ move us and shape us. As His words change us, we can then speak to one another, having this high and this heavenly wisdom that we can speak truth to each other as the words of Christ dwell in us richly. And it brings more unity to us. So as you sit there and you read your Bible, you are actually serving the body. You are becoming more equipped to serve me and my family as you read your Bibles. And as I read my Bible and the words of Christ dwell in me richly, I am more equipped to share wisdom and love with you more readily wherever you are in your life. Because friends, we are united together. We are one body that has been knit We comfort each other as the body of Christ by singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs to each other that reorient our hearts, that cause us to have thankfulness exude from us. As we sing these songs like we were singing this morning, our hearts respond in worship and in unity with each other as we sing the mighty works of redemption that God has given to us in His Son. Church, I pray for us that we would live as a spirit-united family and that we do this as the kingdom of darkness is all around us. And that we would be seen in our community as this glowing light, as this family that is so united to one another that people can't help but see where is this coming from. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is supernatural. This is divine. This is otherworldly. We can't fake this. We let this take place. We go inside, we coincide with what the Spirit is doing, and we live in unity with each other and not in rebellion to what is happening. If you're here today and you have been burned by the church in the past, or you've been hurt by somebody in the family of God, or if you are someone who has hurt a fellow brother and sister in Christ, I can tell you without a doubt that there is grace for you. That there is no condemnation. That if you are in Jesus Christ, and you trust in Him alone for your faith and your salvation and your righteousness, there is grace for you. That you do not need to beat yourself up, but you come to the Son who is bought and purchased life for you. Because the same Spirit that lifted Christ from the grave, from the stronghold of sin and Satan and death, is the same Spirit that now lives in us, that unites us and binds us together as the body of Christ. So we can run to Jesus and we can turn our hearts from malice and we can turn our hearts back toward the Prince of Peace. Because everything we do as a Spirit-united church must flow from our relationship with the Lord. And it is only through Him that we can live. It is through Him that we move and that we exist. He is the vine and we are the branches. He is the living water. He is the bread of life. He is our older brother. He is our high priest. He is our prophet, our priest, our king. He is our creator. He is our sustainer, and He is the author of our salvation. And it is because of Christ and what He has done that we are united together in love, that we are bound together, that the ligament of love brings us together no matter the wrong or no matter the victory. Therefore, we have 
the freedom and the ability to live as this united family, not just on Sunday afternoon, but also during our Monday morning meetings or during our Wednesday, you know, at 2 a.m. diaper changes or during your Friday afternoon MRI. We have the ability to live together. We are called, we are knit, we are bound by the love of God and His Holy Spirit that makes us the church of Christ. And as we are bound to God and we are bound to each other, we are more able to live out and to walk out this mission as the church. We live as a spirit-united family and not as apartment neighbors. So put this in your minds and your heart this week's church. Put this in your hearts and your minds this week, family. That we are bound in love because the God of love binds us to himself. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, it is not our doing. It is not our abilities or our gifts or our patience or our kindness or our meekness, but Lord, it's your patience in your kindness, in your compassion, in your meekness that draw us and bind us together in love. Lord, it is the love that you showed to us and, and the love that has been accounted to us that we are now able to live richly and generously as a spirit-united church. That we are not just saved from something, Lord, but that we are saved for something. And as your body, I, I would ask, Lord, that you would uh, make us remember that this week. Let us remember readily that it is not just me and my quiet time with Jesus, but Lord, it is my brothers and sisters in Christ as we live out this life as the church, as we advance your kingdom. We pray all these things for your glory, Jesus. Amen.